Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Three Podcast. Um, hosting today is Gavin, joined by Alki and Kostas. How are you guys doing? Great. Hey, man. Pretty good. All right. So I guess we'll get right into the fixtures for the weekend, starting with yesterday. We had three games. Barbis and Polos drew 0-0, along with Panathinaikos and Lamia, who had the same score. And then in the big game, as far as the table goes, Asteras beat Aris 2-1 uh, in Tripoli. So I guess we can start with that Marisa Bolos game. Uh, what did you guys make of that? Larisa, uh, just another disappointing game. Um, I mean, not much to say. I would have actually thought Bolos would have taken that one and scored some goals, but... Uh, not not too much to say about it. They've kind of been in a two or three game slump of not scoring. I think the last game before Panathinaikos last week, they think they won 1-0 and it was off a of PK. Um, so they're kind of in an offensive slump. But other than that, it's more disappointing for them than Larissa. We've been talking about it game after game all season long for them. There's just This helps them more than it helps Volos, I think, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, Larissa, it's just not getting better. You know, even since the new coach appointment, they haven't scored in the last six games now, which is not a record you want to have. Um, Volos, you know, like Alki said, should have run away with this. Had a bit of, you know, had a few chances. There was a big miss at the end, I think, for Duvikas. But mm-hmm. apart from that, it was nothing spectacular. You know, 0-0. Zero, zero probably a deserved result for both teams you know none of them really warranted the win and it's going from bad to worse for Mael because Lamia La is picking up points um Ventolikos, you know did lose this round but they have a certain points advantage so it's looking really not looking good for them yeah I mean I agree with you guys as far as performance go nothing really notable from either team I will say however for Larissa they just made the signing I think it was the day before the game of Anis Ben Hatira, and he mm-hmm. played for the first time yesterday. I would actually say he was one of a few bright spots for them. Obviously, it's his first time playing with the team a day after he signed, which is kind of crazy. But he seemed to <laughs> yeah. add a lot of you know technical skill to the team. So going forward, he could possibly be someone who helps them, but still a long way to go for that. Um, yeah, I mean, for a guy yeah, that just uh, for a guy that just signed and he plays the next day, and he's one of the brighter spots. It's hard. It's kind of one of those things, again, is it hard to say that no disrespect to him, but is it, is it really him or is it how bad the team is, is the question. So time will tell. Yeah, that's very true as well. I mean, not really difficult to look good in that Madison team when really nobody's performing, but hopefully for them it can pan out into a good signing. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps up that game. We'll move to the big one from yesterday. Uh, Aceras Tupolis and Aris 2-1 a pretty big result as Asteros Tripolis continue to climb, climb up the table. Uh, what did you guys think about that one? It was a, I think it was a very good result for Asteros, especially when you consider that they didn't have Barales playing in the yeah. beginning. You know, they had Zimas as a striker. Um, overall, it was still a deserved window. In the first half, you, you know, to be fair, you did see Ares really dominating that first half, you know, lots and lots of chances but no real clear-cut chances. And uh, 
you know, they did get their goal from an own goal, I think, by uh, Capilla or Castaño. Um, but it wasn't enough. You know, you, you saw Asteras really taking over in that second half, really, you know, putting the pressure on and getting those two goals that they probably deserved. And, um, you know, now it's getting really, you know, it's really heating up up there. Um, Asteras, I did criticize them in midweek, you know. They didn't really deserve that win uh, against Ofi. Much too defensive. But they really came out on top this one. I would give it deserved win. And let me just say, yeah, expected goals confirms that as well. So 0.96 to 0.32 on the Aris side. So all the overall deserved win. And I think this takes them two points, Mathnikos, if I'm not wrong, behind Mathnikos. Yeah, so yeah. Eating up there for top six. Or yeah. top four, actually. I'd say the same. Aris is, we're starting to really see how sustainable it's going to be for them for this season. They're slowly starting to teeter off, which is kind of worrying me because I, I still picked them to still finish top three, I think, or top four. But um, they're kind of hot and cold lately too. So obviously inconsistent, um, but it's just crazy to see how they'll be so on one game and so off one game. Like you said, they did mm-hmm. dominate and create chances in the first half. Nothing too, like you said, that stands out and say, yeah, they deserve like two or three goals there. But for them to just completely fall, you know, every game, if it's, you know, draw, draw at the half, um, second half is all about who wants it more. And they just haven't been showing that as of late. So um, we'll see what yeah, kind I mean, of adjustments they make. Got it. I think you definitely got it there. I think, you know, this is more of a result where, you know, Asteras looked like they were a lot more motivated and they were playing a lot harder, especially in that second half. And, you know, they really deserve the two goals they got and deserve the win. Um, for Adis, the problem, it's the same problem they've been having for a while now is, you know, no presence in the middle. Um, we saw Mitroglu. He got on for like eight or nine minutes. So hopefully, you know, he can get incorporated more and, you know, fill that void for them. But just overall, like you guys are saying, really sliding down the table, which is discouraging for them because they did start very well. Um, I don't know if you guys have... Anything else to say there or we'll move on? Yeah, yeah that kind of wraps good. it up. Mm-hmm. All right, and we'll move to Panathinaikos and Lamia. Nil-nil draw. Okay, I'll let you take that one first. Uh, what did you think? Uh, kind of a pretty disappointing loss, to be honest. Um, to talk about Panathinaikos, just kind of left the game open the first half, second half. They made... Some changes um, that were needed, they made sense uh, for most part, and they really dominated and controlled that second half to the standard of how the game was going. Um, but I'd say maybe two, three really good chances. Other than that, they were pushing, but not really finding that final third uh kind of icing on the cake to really finish it off and try to put one um, in the net. The officiating overall was kind of bad from start to finish, but it's not one of those that kind of really affected the game or changed the game. Like, hey, blow and call here or there. It was just, it was a weird official um, in that sense. But to credit uh, La Mia, they, they played very conservative and defensive, but on the counter, they attacked when needed. And you can see them, they pushed it down. I, Forget their number nine or ten, 
Rajnovich or something like that. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he kind of had an impact. He just caused problems from them, both on offense yeah. and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. also had to bring on some of the foreigners who ended up making it a, a change to the game and had an impact. Carlitos was huge for that second half. Um, other than that, not much more to say. Just really disappointed in the sense that Adis dropped points. They could have won and been up there with, you know, closer to Ike and Bauk. But uh, a draw, I guess getting a point is better than not getting anything. But really, it's one of those things, like we said, this is stuff like this is going to really affect that top four rest of the season for anyone. Result like this, got to be consistent, keep winning. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think it was a necessarily bad performance from Panathinaikos. I think it's one of those things, you know, it is disappointing after they've been playing so well lately. But I think it's one of those things where I would almost look at it from the perspective of, you know, they're playing, you know, three times a week usually. Been, they've been playing really well and rotating well. Results like this are going to happen. I think they did have several very good opportunities and Pamias goalkeeper had a fantastic performance. He made several very good saves. Insane so, saves. <laughs> yeah. So I think, honestly, if I was looking at it, I wouldn't be too, you know, dismayed by it. You know, stuff like that happens occasionally. You know, teams like that, when they're playing defensively, the goalkeeper's going to stand on his head sometimes. So overall, I wouldn't say it was a terrible performance. Disappointing result, but I wouldn't really be too worried about it if I was a Panathinaikos fan. Agreed. On the one hand... Yeah, on the one hand, it's not a worrying result at all because, you know, the priority was not to lose, especially. But uh, but the issue just is I feel like this might happen more than once when Bathnekos faces these kind of low-block teams because Bathnekos is used to not, not really sitting back, but more or less, you know, hitting teams on the counter and uh, first priority is to keep that defense stable. That's worked for them against teams that have really tried to take the initiative against them, like, you know, in their past games, say, for example, Aris away. But against teams like Lamia, it's just going to be difficult to break them down. And I think, on the one hand, as you said, Gava was a big performance by Epasian goal. And also, Adejo in defense had a great game, you know, cleared away a lot of crosses. But it's it's not really wor- worrying, I would say, yet, but uh, you know, they, they do need to f- a bit of a, kind of find a solution for that because when I look at the expected goal numbers here, it's 0.58 to 0.25. It's good for Panathinaikos in the sense that they're winning, but it's not as high as you'd like to see it against the bottom team at home. Not at all. I mean, yeah. the one thing I'll, I'll credit for Bologna is he's making the right changes in that second half towards that. You know, he brought on Maqueda, he brought on Carlitos, he brought on Khadziovani. He's just changed it up, but all offensive players and, and we saw the impact. It was just, it was one of those, you got to just uh, bite the bullet and accept the result for what it is. I guess it's more disappointing because you, you see how they could turn around and dominate the game and not to get a result out of all that hard work. But um, yeah, like you said, it's, yeah. it's one of those games like this, like it's stuff like this, where as you get further on into the season, we're at the, second half back end of it where I, I would hope or figure out they'd have this kind of stuff situated. I'd rather have these problems at the beginning than the back end of the season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're getting yeah, I mean, signings in now as well. Like, uh, I think the midfield is a, was the one they signed. Yesterday. Yeah. The midfield, we'll see how that works out. I, I've seen, 
pretty decent things about him. Um, some worrying things, but he's a midfielder, which is one spot I think that we do need and lack the depth. So hopefully he brings that, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So I think that about wraps that up. So now we'll move, move to the uh, Sunday results. We had Ofi hosting Ike and losing 2-0. We had Pasiana losing 1-0 at home to Atromitos. Pauk dominating Panatolikos 5-0. And then Apollo losing 3-1 at home to Olympiacos. So I guess we can start with the Ike game. Uh, Costa, I'll let you start with your thoughts on that. Um, so on the one hand, it was, you know, a bit of a return to normality because, you know, back to winning ways and back to solid defending. But... It hasn't. It wasn't all good, to be fair. You know, there are certain negatives still in our play. We're not creating as many chances as we'd like to. But at this point, the important thing is just the chances are being taken by the team. Um, we have a real fullback problem now because Bakakis got injured that game. And at this point, you know, seeing as Vasiladopoulos is not in Manolo Jimenez's plans, we have a small issue there. Nanchenko, the new right back that we did end up signing... After all, yeah. we'll need to get used to it quick. We'll need to settle in quickly because we don't know for how long Bukaki will be out. But overall, from a team performance, you know, it was a solid, typical away game, I guess, in a sense. You know, you were never going to have that many chances against a fairly decent team, to be fair, even if they are in bad form. So, you know, it's definitely a good win. And as for Ofi, I think this makes uh, five games without scoring in a row, yeah. which is not a good record to be honest you know they the ironic thing is they've played well in a lot of these games they would have deserved one or two goals maybe even more against uh, these teams but they just haven't been able to finish and if castaños can't change that then you know there's slowly more and more pressure on simos the coach um i think yesterday after the game he did say there was no pressure from the board as of yet you know the board trusts him which is a good thing because I think in Greece we definitely sack our managers far too quickly. But if he, you know, if it doesn't improve at least after the summer, it could definitely become a difficult situation for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a pretty easy game overall for Ike just because Ophi did not really challenge. I, I mean, they made chances, but they didn't really ever threaten Ike too seriously. So I think it was one of those games where Ike, you know, could kind of coast through it and still come out and comfortably win, which they did. Uh, they took their opportunities well. And overall, you know, a good performance for them. Again, like you said, Alfie, I was going to say that if you didn't five games since they've scored, that's just a really, really poor record. So, like you said, hopefully Castaños will be able to settle in quickly because God knows they need to score. Yeah. yeah 14 nothing, points uh, behind top six now, which is where they oof, finished last season. So it's not yeah. a good, not No, a good I mean, they're, they're there and we still have what like 15 16 games ago or something like that it's just mm-hmm. while they're playing good football like you said at the end of the day the board backs them they see the quality but at the end of the day if you're not getting results doesn't matter how great you play you need to put the ball in the net and that's not happening so they like you also also need to figure that out quick <laughs> yeah it's a confidence thing as well you know when when you've gone this long without scoring no one really wants to take yeah there's like no that, motivation yeah. there there's no like killer instinct to keep doing it. It's like, why keep going? But hopefully somebody turns around and they get going soon. Uh, on the flip side, I not creating as many chances, you know, like you mentioned earlier, got a lot of these teams playing two, three times a week. 
this is where the the depth and quality and depth is really going to show just you know some teams might be getting burnt out especially a team like Ike who don't have too many options off the bench and you've seen him in games go four or five goals or create tons of chances and games like this is is a nice backseat for them to be able to take but kind of concerning if you're you know in a week against them and then you've got the cup against the bigger team it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. well i think that just about wraps that game up we'll move to the next one was pasiana hosting atromitos atromitos got out with a one no win uh, in pretty poor conditions and early <laughs> goal overall i would say that it was a pretty uh defensive performance from both teams um, I think Lodigan will be kind of disappointed to have allowed the goals that he did. Because um, overall, I think Pops played really well defensively. And again, so did Atromitos. Uh, what did you guys think about that? I would say Pops even played well offensively as well, considering they created a fair, a pretty large amount of chances. In fact, I think the, yeah, they had the second highest XG rating of the day behind Balk, uh 2.19. So, you know, they were, they were attacking. That's not the issue, but what we've also just seen is with that pitch, you can often be just dominating games, but still not be, you know, it makes, it just makes it far much harder to play for the, you know, dominating team to play on such a pitch. And in this case, you know, normally it benefits them because they're not the ones, you know, playing actively, the active role in the game, but it didn't yesterday. Atromitos got that early goal and at that point could just not necessarily sit back, but just they didn't really threaten after that um, a lot. It was mainly just making sure they didn't concede. And for Pazianina, I guess it's good signs in the sense that they're attacking, but they, uh, you know, even before, you know, even before I where they scored two on the counter, they had issues with finishing. When they're taking the initiative in games, they... It sounds ironic to be saying it for a relegation candidate, but they do have issues with raking down teams in a sense. And for you know, for a team that likes to take an active role in games, that might spell problems. But at this point, they're also safe from relegation, and it's not you know, it's not that terrible of a result, especially not with such a good performance behind it. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I noticed at some point in the second half, I didn't see what the final numbers were. But there was a point where Yanina had 65% possession against Satromitos, who are a pretty decent team as far as, you know, the Super League series goes. So it is a promising performance, but, you know, it kind of just got unlucky with the way that things unfolded with, you know, Atromitos getting that early goal. I think of it more of a pretty deflating type of game. It had its bright spots. I personally found it kind of boring just in the sense that, the conditions and you see all that. And then there's certain instances where just, you know, the poor condition or causes just errors in the game and whatnot. And it just kind of takes the wind out of just your confidence level moving forward with the ball. Um, I'm actually surprised that actually was that high. I mean, it looked like they were creating chances, but I didn't think it was that crazy, but uh, seeing numbers like that is kind of pops out at you. But um, yeah, like I said, Atromitos, great. Greek side team deserved win, I I would say, but nothing for Boss to hold their head down about, honestly. Could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah agreed. All right, then. We'll move on to the next performance, which was Pauk against Panetolikos, 5-0. Uh, 
complete domination there. Not a whole lot to say, I guess. We can maybe take this chance to be a little bit nice to Pauk because they were <laughs> very good and they kind of solved that problem where they struggled against, you know, breaking down these teams that like to sit back. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about that? I feel like, yeah, I feel like a broken record, though. I mean, how often are we... It will be nice, but at the same time, how often are we going to just cut them the slack after being disappointed and then coming in against kind of a mediocre team that they should dominate and they did. I don't, I don't know. I mean, great resurgence game, I guess they dominated, but it's like, are they going to kind of be like the audience in next game, be pretty disappointed and just not perform well. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, as with everything it remains to be seen, uh, dominating performance, kind of boring game because it was pretty one-sided, but Again, like I've been saying all season, I'm not ready to just give them their flowers for the one game bounce back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. It is inconsistent in a sense, but also on the other hand, it's just a great response for considering you lost three nil, three nil in midweek. You know, most teams wouldn't be able to pick themselves up from that like this. And I guess that speaks to you know the manager's quality. Um, you know. Obviously, he's been criticized a lot by, you know, by Pauk fans as well, just tactically speaking. But uh, he really showed this weekend that he can, you know, manage to motivate a team back from pretty, you know, ignominious defeat. So overall, it's, you know, it's a positive performance. Uh, one that obviously, you know, you could say it is a lower team. But on the other hand, I feel like if, you know, if any of our teams were getting that result, we'd be, you know, Maybe not over the moon, but we'd be pretty happy um, about it. And I guess, you know, that that spot for those top three or top four spots and second place, especially, is really heating up now. You have Ike, Aris, and Pauk all within one point, which, you know, even if second uh, place, I don't think is actually relevant because they all go to the same qualifying round. Yeah, It's still a great, you know, it's still... At least it's it's better to finish second than fourth, and I bet you know financially there will also be a certain advantage, just from the finishing spot. So that's proving to be an exciting battle, and I feel like Pauk just if they can put away these small teams, which they have been doing, to be fair, um, then they can easily threaten for second spot because I feel like Aris and Ike may may have more problems with breaking down these kind of teams. True, but yeah. I think. That's been the problem we've been talking about is, and I guess it depends on the team. Breaking down the small teams isn't the problem. It's coming up in the big games against the big boys in the derbies is where they fall short. Um, Boy, and those, the- those are points just as much as small teams. Those are points that it could really change the outcome of the season based on one or two games. Well, and the thing going forward is, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, we, I think we have six match weeks left in the regular season before the playoffs, every single game is going to be a derby at that point. You know, every single game is going to be against, you know, your Olympiacos, your Aik, your Panathinaikos. So they're going to have to find that consistency. But, I mean, again, we've been kind of harsh. Let's leave it at the fact it was a good win for them. And I guess we can move on to the last game of the weekend, which was Apollon hosting Olympiacos. Olympiacos won 3-1. Pretty straightforward performance. Um, I think, you know, Ahmed Hassan had a very good game, which is good to see as he's coming back from his illness. Um, pretty embarrassing goal to concede there at the end. Uh, I don't know what Semedo was doing, but overall, 
you know, pretty dominant performance. So what did you guys have to say about that? I mean, it's a resounding win. Um, there were, I, I felt like there were a lot more mistakes from both teams, in fact, in, you know, than just the usual Olympiacos game. They took advantage of Apollon's mistakes, you know. Apollon, apart from that goal, couldn't do the same. But I feel like in, you know, when Olympiacos has the league officially wrapped up, because let's face it, it's already wrapped up by now. But when they officially have it wrapped up, I feel like Martins will have a real challenge keeping his players, you know, not motivated, but, you know, still performing at a certain level. Because, you know, normally it wouldn't matter much, but considering you have Europe coming up, you can't afford to just treat the Super League like it's, you know, nothing. Obviously, you can rest players and you should, considering you have Europa League in midweek. But, you know, just keeping the squad on edge, I feel like that might become a certain issue. And I guess the mistakes yesterday were, you know, sort of early signs that they might become complacent and while that won't affect them in the league because they're still going to be winning in the league fairly easily at least before the playoffs um it might affect them in europe if they you know kind of it's a bit hard to tell because they're still winning the games but just the performances aren't as convincing as they used to be i think completely agree um this is also one of those where we're really going to see what kind of manager martins is with his rotation and his lineup choices uh, and like you said, having them not necessarily motivation, but the focus on, hey, just because we have it in hand doesn't mean we just drop our standards. Uh, still got to play top ball. And I think, like you said, resounding win today, although I think it easily could have been five or six one. I mean, there were a lot of chances Hassan missed. There were some plays where they just kind of, you can see not on the same page, things like that. Obviously, overall great. Uh, Andruzos coming into his own finally, which is great to see. A lot of positives, but a lot of just small little things that you can fine-tune that you would think, okay, these kind of things shouldn't really be happening. Um, of course, against kind of a lower-level side, but still, it's just one of those things, you know. Stupid goal at the end. Like we said, I've talked about Semedo and Socrates will be a very interesting pairing to say the least because they both can become boneheads at any moments. And, you know, had they had a goal earlier in the game, that could have been a 3-2. And next thing you know, that's a really close game. So things like that, if you come up against more competent teams like in Europe or even the playoffs where they actually matter more, that could be a little bit concerning. But, I mean we're nitpicking at this point. They've got the league in hand, really a, a three goal win outside of that bonehead mistake at the end. It's really can't complain too, too much. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's one of those things, obviously, you know, what you guys say is right. And I think we've even seen it at times with Olympiacos this season, especially in the champions league. There are times where, you know, some of these guys come out and just put, you know, an absolute, you know, stinker of a game. But at the same time, I think that that wouldn't, I don't think that, you know, the management team, you know, whether it's Marinakis or Martins would let that really develop into anything bigger. Because, I mean, we saw after the Porto game, like, you know, they ripped into the team and then the next game they won like 6-0. So at the end of the day, like, I don't, personally for me, I don't know if it'll be a huge issue for us. Um, I think definitely going forward, especially with another signing we made, made this weekend, I think we do have a real chance in Europe and, you know, we need to get those coefficient points, especially for Greece, because right now we're only going to have four teams next season unless something 
amazing happens. So I would like to think that, you know, that motivation will be a problem. Um, but I mean, I guess we'll see. It's one of those things where you, you hope that this sort of performance where there are some holes isn't something that happens every week. Yeah, I guess I just bring it to the standards and you watch the German league a lot too, Gav, and same with you, Costa, sometimes to the standard of like how Bayern operate, like perfectionists, like a game like this, you would hear Flick come out and say like, yeah, we got the result, but I wasn't, you know, satisfied with how the game went as a whole. You've heard Pep talk about this in Klopp, you know, top teams, top managers, um, not putting Martins to that standard, but at the same time, Olympiacos, Olympiacos, you guys top of the league. Um, I would think any top team would want to be operating at that same standard every single game, no matter what the competition is or what the situation is. Because um, we've seen him be down like six or seven starters in a huge game in Europe going against Man City and you only lose one nil. That's the same type of standard you would hold to, you know, you're playing a bottom level team. You can't afford mistakes like that. These are, you know, little stuff like that, but that's just my mentality. You know, you want to be top dog. You want to be more of a perfectionist. Um, and I think that's just the mentality um, you should have constantly. Not that that's ever going to really happen, um, but just sticking to that game plan, getting night in and night out would, you know, I think that would help mm. just with the players, keeping them focused since the league is already in hand, especially. I think getting those two fullbacks as well that they got, you know, Ravchuk and now Lala as well. I yep. mean, it's not official yet, but, you know, it's going to be. And um, and having also Andrutsus as an additional option there is going to help them a lot, I feel. Even if, you know, the tight run of fixtures now are over, depending on how long the Europa League run is, you know, it's good to have two fullbacks for every position because that's not really what they had in the, you know, in the in the fall. You know, you'd often have, you know, Vinagre not really having the motivation to play, for example, uh, and Jolevas being the only option there. So that's definitely, you know, it's good for them to have that signing. And uh, yeah, overall, I mean, they, you know, their focus, I guess, is going to be on Europe and it makes sense. I think they got a new winger from the US as well a few days ago, but I'm not sure if that's official yet. I think that was just a rumor. I don't know if we've signed him officially, <laughs> but I think he would definitely be one for the future. I was looking into him. He's only ever played 16 new matches. Yeah. So I, I mm-hmm. definitely don't think he would be somebody for this season. But, you know, again, it's nice to get those prospects in and maybe he could pan out. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think I'd, I'm more excited about the Lala signing, I think, is a fantastic signing. He, you know, he's one of the best right backs in Liga. And to get him not only signed but signed right now is huge especially for our Europa League effort so again like you said we have him we have Andrutos who I think we could start Andrutos in the league pictures are tight and start La La in Europe and you know be set um, before we wrap up a little bit I noticed something today kind of interesting another transfer rumor that's not in Greece but it involves Greek uh, so we've been talking about Venlo a lot lately because of mm-hmm. Yakumakis obviously on fire uh, they also have uh the other Donis brother, uh, Tassos Donis, and I linked with him on a loan move from, I think, believe he's with Rem now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you yep. guys think about that? I think that's a pretty interesting rumor. The brothers travel together, the father, everything. <laughs> I think it's a good move, personally. I, I hope it happens. I, I liked him a lot when he was at Frankfurt. Um, or, no, Stuttgart, right. 
I think it was yep. Stuttgart. Yeah, Stuttgart. Um, kind of a different element to that striker position. Um, he definitely needs a bounce back in one way or another. He just hasn't. I think he's been injured a lot, but then you know, getting back in, getting in form, he just hasn't happened from France. So um, I just don't want him to see, want to see him be one of those kind of brighter spots that kind of fades away as a good Greek talent. Um, I think he'll get playing time there, um, hopefully. But I don't know if that really means they're just trying to get some more Greek talent and kind of unite them, or if they're maybe expecting somebody's going to come in and make a move for Yakumakis. Who knows? It's kind of hard to say. Well, I mean, if he does get to play with Yakumakis, as long as there's not someone making a move, I think that would be a very good move for us, as even from an ethnic standpoint. Getting those two guys on the same page, you know, having two strikers playing with the same team, one of them's obviously in incredible form. You know, if Bonius can also get in form, that would be huge for us. So he's a very I'm, versatile I, forward too. I mean, they could play off yeah. each other. You know, they play two very different styles of a, a striker position, so um, yeah. they could bounce off each other really, really well. I think. Yeah, because Donis can play on the wing as well. So, you know, it's just overall very versatile player, as you said. I guess they're trying to do everything to keep Yakumakis from leaving. Yeah, because 100%. It's, as, just, as, it's just my thought said, out there. Yeah. You know, you're signing another striker. Maybe they think yeah, yeah. they're playing for the future. Maybe they're just trying to, yeah. like, bring the Greek but, connection over there. Who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's also just, you know, players that, you know, they buy just for the sake of it. To be fair, you know, I think Zonis has played the last two games since he signed. So they do mm-hmm. actually, you know, need these players. But on the other hand, you know, obviously it's not a coincidence that they've bought two Greeks in this transfer window. Um, Yakumakis, again, I think scored on the weekend. So I think he just takes him to 21 goals, which is insane. But, you know, we've said that every week. Um, Yeah, I guess. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think a big transfer is on the horizon in the summer? Hard to say. I think it depends how he does with Ethniki. And to answer your question gav on twitter i think ibrahimovic and lewandowski other than them playing obviously a lot less games have a a better goal to game ratio than yakumakis uh if we're talking just in in the world um I, i did look up some stats obviously they're in like much less games than played than he has or at least ibra too i think he's played in only like 12, 13 games, but even with the likes of like, maybe I think Ronaldo might be up there too, but I don't really consider him a striker officially, but yeah, he's, he's having a hell of a season. I talked to a few of my friends that follow the Dutch league closely and they're like, they knew he was pretty good, but I think he's just way overperforming than what people thought he would. So it's, it's great to see that honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's second or third. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think he's second or third on the Golden Boot leaderboard across Europe. And considering the Dutch league, you know, his goals are multiplied by 1.5 as opposed to big five leagues where it's times two. I think that's, you know, it's an insane performance. Only Lewandowski. He's got 23. Is ahead of him. Yeah, exactly. And you have that times two. So he's far ahead. But, you know, still, it's just an insane stat. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean... As far as him getting a big transfer, this will probably be the last important wrap up. You know, I don't know if I would necessarily want him to see to see him get a huge transfer, just because. I mean, I think we know he's not. He's probably not as good as these 
stats would say, but he's still a very yeah. solid player, and I think he could play for a bigger team. I just hope he doesn't. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I would define big transfer. I mean, him going from Venlo to maybe a a higher side Dutch team, or maybe somewhere for like like a a mid-table Spanish team. Like I would still consider Mm -hmm. that a big move for him. I don't think he'd play for anyone maybe competing in Champions League unless it's like a a lower type league top side team. Like you know, Fundust is playing for over there in uh, Austria. Austria, but. Um, I, you know, he's his name's on. Uh, he's definitely on everyone's radar. I think with just the, the way he's playing and the way he's scoring his goals. Let's let's put that before we wrap this up. I think we have a couple minutes left, but it's not like he's getting tap ins or anything. Like he's he's a physical presence. That chip over the keeper for his four goal game that was, you know, I never would have expected him to pull that out of his bag. Um, so just adding another element that he's just he's just on fire and he's he's scoring good goals. They're not just easy tap-ins or his timing is great. He's physical. Um, that, that's my impression with him. That's the good thing. So, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions or comments, make sure to leave a comment on any of our tweets or send us a message. But since we're all wrapped up, we'll talk to you guys next week. Cool. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Soon. Thanks, guys.